Welcome to Interesting Times. I'm Joe Streckert. This is an independent, listener-supported podcast. To support the show, go to interestingtimespodcast.com. In my early 20s, I did a stint at a used bookstore in Eugene, Oregon, selling secondhand textbooks to college students, and used mystery, romance, and science fiction novels to just about everyone else. The store I worked in, it was very big, and it was a type of place that had overstuffed shelves, books stacked precariously on other books, uh, piles of books in the corner, volumes spilling out onto the floor, tons of dust, and in retrospect, it was probably a total fire hazard. Um, I loved it. It was a great job to have for a couple of years. Uh, as a young person, it was kind of like having a, you know, cool job working in a record store or a comic book shop or a, well, used bookstore. It was a lot of fun to do for a brief period of time while I pretended to be some kind of bohemian. One of the most popular sections of the bookstore was the aisle of New Age stuff, which the managers had generously named Metaphysics. Uh, we were a college town, and there were plenty of real, actual philosophy professors and grad students that were in the store all the time. And I imagine that a lot of those philosophy professors and students probably saw that label, and maybe it made their skin crawl a little bit, but whatever. Uh, this section, uh, generously called metaphysics, it was filled with books about what you'd expect. Auras, crystals, reincarnation, uh, you know the drill. And one of the most notable subgenres in that section was the whole Lost Continent subgenre. Uh, this is a thing. There were plenty of authors who claimed to have some kind of revelation from some ancient civilization that was lost to time. Uh, Atlantis popped up a lot. After Atlantis, though, the other really popular Lost Continent was Lemuria, an ancient land that was supposedly filled with protohumans, located somewhere in the Indian Ocean or Pacific Ocean, or Atlantic Ocean. It kind of shifted around. But Lemuria, the lost continent of Lemuria, pretty popular thing in this bookstore aisle. And unlike the Atlantis myth, we know exactly where the idea of Lemuria comes from. This is not a thing that was a myth kicking around for thousands of years. Uh, nope, this idea of the lost continent of Lemuria, it comes from the 1800s. It comes from a guy who was studying lemurs in the 1860s. Yes, the lost continent of Lemuria is named after, well, lemurs, the strange mammals that straddle the boundary between creepy and cute with their huge anime eyes and their kind of long, weird fingers. So, there was this guy, Philip Sclatter, who noticed something about lemurs. There were lemurs in Madagascar, and there were lemurs in India. However, there were not lemurs in Africa proper, and there were not lemurs in the Middle East and Central Asia between Madagascar and India. So, lemurs going over land probably didn't happen. And, looking at lemurs, Sclatter thought, these guys probably aren't going to be doing any serious distance swimming from Madagascar to India. How is it that these two pretty far away regions both have the same species of animal, and pieces of land in between them don't have that species of animal? This was a conundrum. In 1864, Philip Sclatter hypothesizes a solution to this lemur problem. Maybe India and Madagascar used to be connected. Maybe there used to be a huge tract of land in what is now the Indian Ocean connecting these two areas. And maybe that area of land, well, just 
went away somehow. So Sclater wrote in an article titled The Animals of Madagascar, quote, The anomalies of the mammal fauna of Madagascar can best be explained by supposing that a large continent occupied parts of the Atlantic and Indian Ocean. Now this continent was broken up into islands, of which have become amalgamated with Africa, some with what is now Asia, and that in Madagascar and the Mascarene Islands we have existing relics of this great continent, for which I should propose the name Lemuria. Unquote. Now, naming a whole continent after a single animal species, um, that's a little bit weird. That's kind of like calling Africa Giraffia, or North America Bobcatia, or Asia Greater Tigerland, or, you know, Antarctica, the penguin place. But I guess Sclatter was really, really, really into lemurs. And it's really easy for a modern person to make fun of Sclatter. It's really easy for a modern person to look at this guy who is trying to solve this lemur problem and saying, hey, you know what the best hypothesis is? Um, a giant continent in the middle of what is now ocean that was once a land bridge from one area to the next and therefore Indian and Madagascan lemurs. But I don't think we should make fun of him. We can maybe grin at his hypothesis and work, but he wasn't too kooky or out there. Um... Land bridges, after all, they're not unheard of. If you went to school in North America, you probably learned all about the land bridge over the Bering Strait in elementary school. Also, Sclatcher was a pretty clever guy looking at biology and surmising that somehow regions must have been connected at one point. He was using one science, biology, to make inferences about another, geography. Uh, and he was actually kind of right in the end. He wasn't right because Lemuria was a thing, though. He was right because plate tectonics are a thing. So, Madagascar and India, they were not connected by some continent in what is now the Indian Ocean, but they were indeed connected at one point, back when the various continents were all, you know, smooshed together in one big thing. What we call India was indeed connected to what we now call Africa, and therefore also Madagascar. Uh, that broke off the African landmass, that drifted into Asia, it smashed into Asia, and that, listeners, is where the Himalayas come from. While India was colliding with Asia and smashing into it with a force powerful enough to create the largest mountain range in the world, it was also carrying upon it a substantial cargo of lemurs. So, there you go. Sclatter, he's actually kind of insightful. He is not able to theorize plate tectonics, but he is able to theorize that, hey, the physical geography of the Earth used to look different than it did now, and he did that by looking at fauna. So, really smart guy who comes up with this kooky idea of a lost continent. And once we have an idea of plate tectonics, we've solved this, right? That should be it. We have solved why lemurs are in two unconnected places. So, no more need for Lemuria, right? Nope. Remember, a whole lot of out-there New Age books exist about this thing, and the idea of Lemuria, that started out as a semi-legitimate science thing, with a serious scholar trying to figure out what was up with all the weird tree mammals in unrelated parts of the world. But once this idea was out there, it drifted into other things that were popular in the 1800s. So other things that were popular in the 1800s? Spiritualism and Theosophy. Lemuria figured pretty prominently in the works of Helena Blavatsky, one of the founders of theosophy. It's a 19th century occultist movement, and Blavatsky, she claimed to commune with spirits and the like, 
And also, when she was building theosophy, she appropriated a whole bunch of Hindu and Buddhist ideas into her, I guess, philosophy, if we really want to call it that. And she did that thing where she claimed that secret ancient wisdom underlay all of the world's religion. I guess Blavatsky didn't want to be cliched in saying that all of the secret stuff came from Atlantis, because, come on, everybody has heard of Atlantis. So, I suppose that she wanted to find, you know, a new, edgy secret continent that you might not have heard of, Lemuria. Blavatsky incorporated Lemuria into a melange of beliefs and doctrines, which are really weird, and she claimed to have been privy to an ancient Tibetan text called the Book of Dzian. I think I'm pronouncing that wrong. It doesn't really matter. It's made up because no such book exists. It's not a Tibetan thing. Blavatsky invented it, and she claimed that this book revealed to her the truth about humanity's origins. Blavatsky thought that humanity had seven different root races. This is a ridiculous idea. And that the people who lived on Lemuria were seven-foot-tall, bird-like hermaphrodites who laid eggs, and they were a spiritually pure people. But, and this is where it gets really weird, the gods eventually invented mammals, and these seven-foot-tall, spiritually pure bird people? Well, they descended into decadence, and they started practicing bestiality on the sexy, sexy mammals. So, in retribution, the gods sunk their continent. And this is weird, and why were people ever into this? I don't know. This seems like a perfectly good fantasy novel gone to waste as somebody trying to pass it off as an actual thing. But because Blavatsky was into this, other occult writers also got into this, incorporating Lemuria into their elaborate pseudo-histories that also often included Atlantis. And somewhere, Philip Sclatter, an actual scientist who hypothesized this, uh, he was probably rolling his eyes really, really hard. But Lemuria, it's not the only non-Atlantis lost continent to get into lots of New Agey books. There's also Mu, and that's M-U, not Moo, as in the cow noise. Uh, Moo, it's kind of similar to Lemuria. It was the invention of Augustus Lepongin, a British scholar who was studying Mayan ruins in Mesoamerica. And he thought that there were similarities between ancient Mayan and ancient Egyptian civilizations. I, I guess it's because they both built pyramids. So he posited a continent in the Atlantic between South America and Africa. Folks migrated away from Mu to, say, Mesoamerica and Egypt. Mu sank somehow, and therefore pyramids and pictographs in different parts of the world. I think that this is an over-explanation for a lot of things that happened in Egypt and Mesoamerica. After all, a pyramid is, you know, I think, a pretty intuitive structure to make. It's stuff on top of other stuff. And also pictographs, using pictures to communicate words and ideas. Again, uh, humans are smart and able to invent that independently. But apparently Laplongin thought that, uh, you know, inventing a continent was a better idea. Laplongin also thought that Mayans practiced an early version of Freemasonry, so there's also that. And other writers, they also took this idea and ran with it positing Mu as a cradle of civilization and humanity and everything, and other people had ideas that people from Mu went all over the place and their ideas were responsible for megaliths and structures and temples and... <sighs> a century later, 
their books ended up as popular reading in the store that I used to work at. One of the problems that I have with a lot of the pseudo-history is that, in a certain way, it's a form of cultural theft. And I know that might sound harsh, and I've said before that history isn't something that we should identify with too much. The people of history are not us. We are not our ancestors. But at the same time, people definitely derive a certain amount of value from their heritage. Uh, that's putting it mildly. And people find all kinds of meanings in the actions and beliefs and the achievements of their ancestors, rightly or wrongly. This is something that is still culturally important to people. And to ascribe the achievements of, say, the Maya, or of the Egyptians, to a hypothetical lost mystical continent that is neither Mesoamerica nor Egypt, well, that kind of diminishes the history of the actual Mesoamericans, Middle Easterners, and Africans, who were responsible for the amazing stuff that actually happened there. Uh, I think it's all well and good to geek out and get excited by pyramids and pictographs and ancient civilizations, but to not give credit where it's due seems really wrong. If you want an actual, for real, lost continent, though, I've got one for you. Zealandia. New Zealand, the land of Kiwis and Peter Jackson movies, it is not a series of volcanic islands. Unlike, say, Hawaii, which bubbled up out of the depths of the ocean, uh, Zealandia, that broke off of the Australian landmass. And the parts that are above the water are only a small portion of this larger continent chunk that is Zealandia. So, there you go. A real, actual, lost continent, mostly below the water. Both Lemuria and Mu, they have shown up in a whole lot of popular culture since their creation, most notably in the pulp stories of H.P. Lovecraft and Robert E. Howard. And I think that's a great place for them. Lost lands and ancient civilizations are a fine and good trope for fantasy and horror, and I will gladly read any number of fictional stories about cosmic horrors and Cthulhus and barbarians that spring from lands that history forgot. I enjoy it as fiction, but just as that, as a trope. If you want to get into actual lost civilizations, things that are, you know, forgotten to time, things that we do not fully understand, there is plenty of stuff for you to dive into. If you want to find mysteries about the dawn of humanity, actual history has got that. We've got the Olmecs. We've got the Indus Valley Civilization. We have Gobleki Tepe. Actual history has mysteries enough. We need not invent new ones. This podcast is ad-free. It is ad-free because you guys support it. Uh, keeping it ad-free, that is very personally important to me. I hope it's important to you as well. Uh, if you wish to support the podcast, go to interestingtimespodcast.com. Uh, also, it is highly helpful if you were to go to iTunes, leave a review, give us a rating, give us a review. That helps other people discover the show. Uh, I also love hearing from you guys, either through iTunes reviews or on Facebook, facebook.com slash interestingtimeswithjoestreckert. Or on Twitter, I am at Joe Streckert. Or on Tumblr, joestreckert.tumblr.com. Thank you very much for listening. Talk to you next week.